1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
0: From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Pallitti and Rutgers Insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping all right hello everybody welcome back to the rant uh it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a rant i can tell you that much uh we sketched out a show figuring we'd spend most of the time here talking about how bad rutgers was offensively against nebraska it turns out greg shiano reached the same conclusion not surprisingly uh fired sean gleason on sunday uh I wrote on Friday night that it was a matter of time before Shiano pinned this all on Gleason. I did not, however, think it would be 48 hours later. Fonseca, what, when, when that text email went out, were you as surprised as I was? I, I, I get it that it shouldn't have been surprising given how bad the offenses play. But still, this is not a typical college football move.
1: Yeah, I think uh, if you put the pieces back together, it all makes sense. It's the bye week, so it's a good time. Shiano seemed to have hinted at possibly doing it on Friday. You know, the, the warning he used was very similar to what he said earlier in the season, but you could kind of piece together that's what he was looking at uh, based on what he said. Uh, but in, in the moment, no, I was, I was mildly surprised. Um, do I think it's the right move? I haven't really gotten to that point yet in, in my uh, thought process through the whole thing. But uh, I think you wrote this. This is big boy football. This is what big boy football programs do. This is an SEC level move. And whether it'll result in some SEC-level results, I'm not too sure yet. But uh, I think he felt like he had to do it, Uh, it had to show some people that he's still, you know, paying attention, I guess, because the offense was really that bad. And uh, I guess we'll see where it goes with uh, Nunzio Part due.
0: Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And I guess we're going to discover pretty quick, Pat, how how much of this was actually Gleason's fault. And again, like, you know. We don't let them make excuses because I guess we mentioned big time college football, but there was an excuse I <laughs> like you have you have one quarterback who is a broken hand, uh, one quarterback who has, has a bad leg, bad wheel you know you're left with your third string quarterback who's clearly you know hey I don't want to pile on the kid but not not playing at a big 10 level. I mean what are your thoughts? How much of this do you pin
2: on Sean Gleason? I think you're exactly right. I have a hard time pinning this on Gleason because how many teams would be successful with their third string quarterback? That's something I keep coming back to. Maybe the Ohio States or Alabamas of the world where their third string is as good as everybody else, but Rutgers is clearly not in a position where, you know, Evan Simon is going to be making plays that are game changers. So I feel like it was bad timing for Gleason, but you also just saw just so much, create all the creativity was gone. Everything was falling apart. And it, it was just time, but I, I do feel th- I do feel like the chips were stacked against them in a little bit from the injury standpoint.
0: Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I wonder, you know, how much of that game just was the it had to be the final straw, and and it, it was, you know, the first half only thirteen points. You had it in your film review. It, like, it should have been twenty four, but just beyond that, it's just you just got the sense and just, the frustration of watching. First of all, the refusal the refusal to let Sam Brown win this game for you when you you knew you weren't going to have a good passing day. Nebraska's terrible defensively. You know, it's just the personnel stuff is not to make you, you know, rip your hair out. And then the real, the real thing there, having, having Evan Simon drop back and and throw that pass uh, on second and long in a situation where you're like, okay, if we punt here, we've got the best punter in the nation. If we punt here and pin them back, I guess if you lose to Nebraska, if they drive 75 yards, it's different when they drive 25 yards, right? Do you think this
1: final game, Fonseca, was – I mean, he just he just couldn't deal with it anymore after that. I, 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 he said it wasn't, right? He said it was an accumulation of things, but I have to think that watching your team get the ball back at the nine-yard line and kick a field goal because you gain two yards on three plays – The first play, which is a handoff to Johnny Langan as a running back. I mean, that I I can't imagine watching (laughs) that and and not thinking, what the hell are we doing? Uh, That's the biggest wasted thing. I think that that one drive was an omen of things to come. Um, That was my biggest issue. I would have liked to seen Sam Brown get the ball more. Sure. But I I mean, I just you can't you have to feed the kid the ball there when he's carrying four yards. He's getting four yards to carry. You got to give him the ball. I do think that the fact that they did this against one of the worst off defenses in the country, in the country. This is the, I, I, I get it. Mickey Joseph is different than Scott Frost. Maybe they're playing a little harder for him than they did Scott Frost, but the Rutgers marched down the field on that first drive. I do think that Shiano repeatedly mentioning complimentary football, complimentary football, complimentary football in his press conference. With us yet. Yeah. So here's what it means. It means the defense played really, really, really well against Nebraska. Right. They gave up 13 points and they couldn't beat them because the offense wasn't good enough. The offense wasn't complimenting the defense. The offense couldn't score enough points to win in a game that the defense played lights out. So that's, that's what he meant. All right. So
0: now we get Nunzio 2.0. It's like, I wrote my column that Nunzio's office is just a, is just a glass case that they can break in case of an emergency. Obviously he was the guy who replaced Chris Ash as interim coach and offensive coordinator. Then different situations, certainly in a lot of ways, this is a much more stable environment than it was then to put it uh, mildly. You know, he has a chance to win this game, to win this job. Uh, You know, that's what Ciano said. Uh, he doesn't have to. Re- he doesn't have to build an offense around Johnny Lankan. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, Pat, you, you know him better than anybody better than us. You, you, you covered him in, when he was a high school coach. I mean, what you know, what do you think we can expect from Nunzio as offensive coordinator for six six games this year?
2: I think what Greg said about Nunzio is absolutely right. That he's he's creative. He has done a great job developing quarterbacks. I mean, you can go through his list of. His resume of high school quarterbacks, starting at Don Bosco with Mike Teal being the first. Tanner McAvoy was one of his better ones at Bergen Catholic. Jared Guarantano, like Shiano said, he has put some guys in the NFL, but Nunzio is a guy that adapts. And I think that's the best thing. I go back to the season where Bergen Catholic had Guarantano, who was the best quarterback in New Jersey at the time, and he broke his wrist. So he put in a five foot eight quarterback who was their wide receiver to just kind of run and gun and do whatever he could to win games, Corey Garn was his name. I don't know how I remember that. That was like 2014. But um, yeah, Nunzio very able to adapt. And then after that Corey Garn thing, the year the year later, it turned over to a, a young sophomore named Johnny Langan. And once again, Burden Catholic's offense adapted again to bring, to, to make Johnny Langan the most effective quarterback he could be as a runner and, you know, still be an effective passer as well. So I think Adaptability is what Shiano is looking for from Nunzio, and at this point, I don't. I, I I'm pretty certain that Nunzio understands where the strengths of this team is. Right. We have a good running game. It doesn't have to be this big spread and move people around and all these things. So I think Nunzio is just going to get back to the basics and and do what do what's best.
0: You know it's funny, and the one, the other, so many about, so many things about this surprised me. Another thing that really surprised me, and it shouldn't have, but it did surprise me, is when Greg Schiano said that this was a about winning games this year. Which I, so of course, when you think about it, yeah, duh, he, he's got to win games. But in some ways, that mission could go against what is the what I think is now the purpose of this year is to get a quarterback ready for beyond. 2022 for a second am I wrong in thinking that I mean is Gavin Wimsett both the best thing idea to win now certainly don't think he is and will try will Nunzio trying to win now to get us to a
1: point where we'll get to a year we still don't know if he's the guy uh, that's the conundrum they're facing right we don't know who will be healthy for Indiana moving forward right but I, I kind of played this through my post this morning let's say they're all healthy if you want to win now you play Noah Bedrill if you want to win in the future and develop your quarterback you play Gavin Wimsett. Those are obviously two conflicting issues, and you could do, I guess, what they were planning to do entering the season and mixing and matching quarterbacks, playing Wimsat sometimes, playing Vedral other times, but you don't really gain anything on either way. You're risking, you're losing an edge in winning, and you're stunting his development. So I think they got to go all in on one philosophy, in my opinion. To me, I think the easy choice is playing Gavin Wimsat. Ride with Gavin Wimsat, ride him through his mistakes, because the the path to a bowl game is closed. You lose to Nebraska, you're not going to make a bowl game. It's just not going to happen. So, in, in my view, you play Wimsat, let him learn, give him the reps, get him the experience. Again, assuming he gets back and healthy, because we, we we never know when, when these things are going to work, how long is going to be out. But if he's is back and healthy, ride the kid, let him develop because You need to know by the end of the year, if you have a quarterback, you need to know in 2023, is Gavin Wimsack going to be the guy? Because I think we've all figured out at this point that it's not going to be Evan Simon, probably. And Noah Vedro has no more years after this. So that's really the only question mark left.
0: It certainly can't be what it was against Nebraska, which was obviously one of the more dysfunctional, weird things I've seen in the football field. And the fans were just so, I mean, the number of emails I got in text during the game was like, what are they doing with the quarterback rotation? I mean, it was sort of inexplicable. If you didn't know, and a lot of people didn't know what was wrong with Noah Vettel. He couldn't grip, he could grip the football sometimes, but he didn't have the stamina and his hand got tired. So they would put in Evan Simon and it, and then they bring back Vettel and then Vedril could throw a pass. And then he threw a couple of passes. So you could tell something was wrong. It was just like, I mean, you know, we don't have to really relive this game. I don't think fans want to relive it, but it was one of the one of the worst losses I've seen in that stadium, I, and I get it. I've seen some lopsided ones where Rutgers was just not competitive, but it's been a long time since I've seen a, a game where I thought, all right, well, Rutgers is the better team here, and they're blowing this. I mean, that was just something that I can't happen again. I don't know what my point here is, but if any of you want to elaborate, please <laughs> have at it.
2: I'll just elaborate on Brian's point a little bit. You can do both. You can develop Wimset and still try to be competitive. I, I don't think you're necessarily taking a huge step back by playing Gavin Wimset over Vedral. I think that, that was just one thing to elaborate on. You can develop yeah. him and still try to be competitive because the the, the gap between Vedral and Wimset isn't that great. right? It's well, not like you're putting out this superstar over, over a rookie. So I think you can do both.
0: That's a great point, uh, and they're going to have to do both. All right, let's dive into true or false. I have uh, some good topics for you here. Let's go. All right, true or false? Sean Gleason is the fall guy for Greg Schiano's failures. Wow. Woof. second, oh, wow. True or false?
1: Wow. Jesus Christ, oh, throwing a fastball right down the. Oh my grief. god. Uh, if
0: only the Mets had a fastball like that last night.
1: Boom. <laughs> oh baby. Wow. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I'll go. I'll go false though. I can see what how one can argue that. Pat. Wow.
2: I, I think Gleason wrote his own script, so I'm going to say false. I guess right.
0: Yeah, I, it, I'm going to I'm going to go false too. I think there are a lot of things that Sean Gleason did wrong here. All right, true or false? Greg Shannon is right. Rutgers can win several more games this season. Fonseca, you know the schedule. What do you think?
1: I mean, they can right? Uh, will they? No. <laughs> so I will go with. Uh, I think the max the games they could win of the last six is two. So I, yeah. whatever that means, I guess false.
2: Okay. Hat. They can win some games just based on defense and special teams alone yep. against Indiana being one of them, maybe.
0: Right. Okay. So that's a true. Yeah. I guess when you put it that way, you've talked me into it. I get, uh, but I, I do agree with that. If you put the over under on one and a half, uh, I would take the over. But if it was anything more than that, I'm not sure I would. True or false. Rutgers should go back to a pro style offense that it had success with in Shano. 1.0. Fonseca, are we running the wrong offense here?
1: Not that I really not that I really
0: know what it is anymore, but are we running the wrong offense here?
1: I don't think it's a scheme that's exactly the biggest impediment. I think talent is I'll go false. Okay. Pat. I'm gonna go true
2: because when you want to run this spread up tempo offense, you need to have great receivers, you know, a lot of speed. And I don't think Rutgers has any of that. Uh so I think you do go back to a pro style offense where you can mash the ball and play complimentary football on defense
0: all right that's a good one uh, i agree with i agree with fonseca though that it, it's certainly not a system thing so i'll go false all right true or false if gavin Wimsett is healthy he should start the rest of the way fonseca I think
1: you I know should how you play every possible snap that's available <laughs> true bad true I'm going to go false. And this is because oh, this oh, is going to say, no, 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 wait wait wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. I think, I think you give Noah Vegel to start against Indiana and say, this is your game. I mean, he's earned it. He's played the entire way. If his hand, I'll take a caveat. If his hand is good enough that he's not in the position where, you know, he can actually throw. Look, he, he, he was really good in the first quarter. I don't know. They're still trying to win games. They could beat Indiana. I'm going to give him that start after that. It's all the kid. What if he wins? All right, true. No, you disagree. Go ahead, tell me. No, no, I'm saying what, me. If, what, what if he wins that game? If he wins that game, what do you got next?
1: <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, maybe give another start. Yeah, I don't know. It's... We're, we're already we're already uh, thinking too far ahead here with the Rutgers win. So uh, yeah. give yeah. me the next one. True or false? Poor officiating
0: is the real reason Rutgers lost to Nebraska. Because based on my inbox, clearly it was a bigger factor than we wrote about. What do you think? Uh, true or false? False.
2: Pat false. But I did yeah, notice I, a lot of Twitter action that uh from, from respectable people that this is the same crew that also blew it the week before in whatever right. uh, the Iowa game was. I Iowa guess Michigan. if we were
0: to rank it, you watch yeah. it again, Brian. I guess if we could rank re-ranked it, uh the defensive holding penalty, think that was thought that was a phantom call, the holding call uh, that negated Brown's run. I, I thought it was a hold. I don't know. And I thought the fifth you were gonna get flagged for that 15 yarder at the end just about every time so yeah we, the, the,
1: the Kesson Abraham penalty was a penalty I mean the, the guy was out of bounds when he dragged him it, like threw him to the ground the hold on the iron brown touchdown from Alamo was a hold I can see why people are upset about the offensive pass interference on Sean Ryan on that big play it, it there was contact he pushed them off a slight bit, but not any more contact than in any other yeah. normal interaction between a defensive back and a wide receiver I don't think that that penalty is the reason they lost the game though to, to scapegoat the referees for i mean Rutgers should have scored more than 13 points on offense all right final the final one true or false the
0: Rutgers sellout was totally legitimate and we should stop being such stick in the mud true or false false <laughs> <Some second.
2: laughs> uh,
0: you weren't there i can i can let you off the hook unless you want to just
2: yeah, answer anyway no you go you go i, <laughs> I only saw your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: false. Well, my, i got a little bit of mini rant here because this happens like every week you know they announced you could be a big crowd you know we take a photo because it's a big and that you don't fans don't realize how the stadium looks at kickoff is a big deal for rutgers because they want to do videos they had a drone ready for this game to do a cool thing with the lights lit everything when the team ran out i mean for social media that's kind of the thing and it, again and so you take a picture and there's all right there's 20,000 empty seats. Immediately, somebody will take a picture midway through the second quarter and send it to me. It's like, well, how do you like it now? And my response to that is like, all right, so there is like, there's like a 10-minute window where we can judge the crowd. Because by the third quarter, everyone has left the stadium. It doesn't matter what the score is. People have already left. It's like the only people who are in the building from start to finish were Nebraska fans. All right. There's my there's my legitimate rant on that one get to the game, get there on time. Don't worry about when we tweet about it and it wouldn't be a problem. I'm so sick of it. And I get it. Again, you guys, the fans have got a bad rap this year. Greg Shiano among them for be saying, well, the fans have got to learn. I understand why fans are so, why people are tired of being beaten down and they're sick of the criticism, but look, it's legitimate. People turn, turn on the game. They see your sellout and they see that and they go, what are you talking about? I mean, it's true. I'm sorry.
2: Second consecutive sellout, Steve.
1: Second consecutive sellout. <laughs> they do it to themselves. You call it, you call it a sellout, and then you leave yourself open to these, these, these photos. I mean, you, you either don't call it a sellout or live with the consequences. Essentially, upper deck it. is That's a third full throughout
0: the entire game. Uh, absolutely, uh, the student section is great. The rest of it filled in, but I mean. Yeah, no one said. Maybe it's too windy up there. No one says up there. I don't know. But if if 50, I am extremely, be extremely surprised if there were 53,000 people in the building. And I get that. That's not what a sellout is. But if there's anything, if they have more than 40,000, we'll have to see what this turnstile count is.
2: But It was pretty telling on TV, too, because they showed the same clip of the student section like 30 or 40 times. (laughs) It's just cascading down the student section, which was awesome. But I was like, yeah, of course, this is what they're going to show because half the stadium is empty and you can see it when you you kick the field goal or whatever in the opposite end zone
0: yeah no it's it's not it's not a great look all right
2: any of the other things we have to we've kind of talked about most of these are right
0: already i guess the the more game thing i mean you can make a point that that michigan state is a winnable game now that's a program that's having some buyer's remorse with head coach uh maryland is they're just more talented but it Again, you're right about this defense. It will keep them in these games. Is there an upset on the schedule? If the offense gets, is Penn State an upsettable game? Win Minnesota, upsettable. It's on the Minnesota, road.
1: I don't know Minnesota. Maybe that, that's yeah. the only one I'd point to. The
2: right. Penn State Northwestern game was pretty. It's hard to judge because that was such a the rain and the monsoon was crazy. But Northwestern played them pretty tough with like in a defensive kind of game. So. Rutgers generally plays Penn state pretty tough and I don't think they're lighting up the scoreboard in any sense. So true. we'll see how Penn state plays Michigan this week.
0: Right. Yeah. That could, that, that, there could be an element of uh, the, the, the season on the line for that team. All right. Insider questions. As always, we had a bunch. We had, I think we had a, close to a hundred questions from our insiders. People uh, have opinions on what's going on and you know what we did. I don't know if you noticed this. We, of course you noticed this. We started a Twitter account. Did you see that? We have the Rutgers Rant has a Twitter account. So I ask people for questions on the Rutgers Rant Twitter. I think we're up to like 130 followers. Look at that, huh? no oh, bad.
2: Let's go, going yeah,
0: viral. That would, have been a, that would have been a good true or false. Was that a good idea? True or false? But here we go. The first one. I, 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 this out of the three ranters. This is from Kevin Fine. Out of the three ranters, what is everyone's surprise level? One being I knew it was good. I knew it was happening last week, and ten being. I was just leaving to go apple picking, which is very I want to put myself at a seven. Like, where do you guys go for the surprises?
2: I was pretty surprised. I, I would say seven because seven. of what he said two weeks prior, that this guy is the perfect guy for the job. And he did. At I couldn't have you know more that, confidence in him. Second, where are you on the surprise level.
0: Experience the Heldreds Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, The Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Nights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com.
1: I'd say roughly six or seven if it gives you Uh, any indication. There was a beer garden event in New Brunswick about a block away from my apartment, and I was about a beer and a half in when uh, I saw the text. Oh, Uh, man. (laughs)
0: Right. Uh Next question. Is Greg Shiano on the hot seat or maybe should he be? Wow. This is fire, fire and brimstone. The answer, of course, is no to both. I think to both, certainly to both. He's not on the hot seat. It would take, I mean, I can't, we, I can't even imagine at what point we would get to Greg Shiano on the hot seat. I, I don't, we're not, we're not any, we're not even in the, we're not even in the same time zone universe. as that. Yeah. It's just yeah. not, it has to be just a complete disaster. And, you know, it just, again, we talk about the SECization of this uh, with what look at Wisconsin did, for example, you know, moving on from a very successful coach quickly Rutgers just ain't there yet. And it's not like there's some, it's not like they're, they put the job out in the market and they're going to get, you know, look, they, there's a reason why they needed him to come back. And none of those reasons have changed. And by the way, as rough as this has been at times, the long-term outlook long-term outlook really hasn't either i mean you've got to put your faith in that this was a hard rebuild and it's going to take a while it's okay to criticize what's happening now in front of you but yeah a hot seat is not the right word all right polity this is from old mark from piscataway this was a long time coming but nunzio we had many other offensive coaches why nunzio isn't he the guy who had langan finish the rest of the season after ash was fired perhaps i'm wrong but were none of the other offensive co- co- coaches in a position
1: that they could have taken over? What do you think on that one, Fun sec. Is None's the other right guy? Yeah, I'm not sure who else it would be. He's, he has play-calling experience in college football that 2019 year. I think it's a bit unfair to say that he forced Langen to be the quarterback because that year, Art Sikowski shirts before the first game that they play together, and McClain Carter retires from football. So he only had Johnny Langan or Cole Snyder, who was an 18-year-old freshman, right? So he had to play Johnny Langen. I don't think he'll play Johnny Langan now unless he absolutely has to in a similar way. I mean, I, who else would they want? Who else is on staff that has play calling experience that they would want? I, I Nobody comes yeah, to mind yeah. off the top of my head. No, I totally, totally agree. Yeah, it's, it's not
0: going to be, it's not going to be Chiano, he's not calling his own plays. That's certainly not his thing. Yeah, I think I think that was. If you're going to make this move, he's the only guy. All right, Alex and Freehold wants to. Alex Freehold wants to know some awkward and somewhat hostile coaching changes last offseason. Huh? Really? Okay. Uh, and now his number one guy is fired. Is working with Shiano difficult? Uh, will this impact his ability to hire new coaches? I don't think there's any doubt that he's a demanding boss. But the, uh, I mean, this the coaching profession, and and, and they're paying they paying real, real well right now,
1: right? I mean, what so those are the two bigger things, I think. What do you guys think? My understanding is that Chieno is a particularly demanding coach to work under. The results, the level that he gets these guys to, the it, it, it is a job that can be a stepping stone for up-and-coming coaches. You see Joe Harris Harasimiak having a tremendous season as the defensive coordinator in his first year. He's going to get some looks after this year. Not to say that he'll go after this year, but he'll get some looks because of the great job he's been doing. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a balance of, Yes, he's demanding, but he gets a lot out of it. So, but yeah, I'm I'm sure, you know, coaches talk, it's all fraternity. And I'm sure that if things are too demanding, that uh, that will be talked about and will weigh on, on future coaches' decisions. Sure.
2: But why has it been so long since Rutgers has had an offense? And is it because (laughs) Giano is just a defensive guy and that's how it's going to always be? Like, I just can't understand that question. And, well, yeah, and, but it and was preceded per-
0: him too. actually didn't have an offense. I mean, this has been going on for you know, for years. It's, how,
2: how it, is. it is so, it is a death trap. You take this job, it is a death trap because I mean, you, you could you went through the whole carousel of a new offensive coordinator every year, so I it is yeah. a tough job.
0: And you thought then we and really, I thought they had solved it with, with Gleason, and clearly that did not happen. All right, so along those lines, two part question What would nuns? Let's just call them nuns. What would nuns have to do to become a legitimate option for 2023? And way too early, but are there any good OC candidates out there? All right, take the first one, Pat. What do you think? What would you have to see to say, all right, there's the guy?
2: I was going to say Matt Rule just got fired. (laughs) He would be a tremendous
0: (laughs) imagine that? Whoa, (laughs) baby.
2: That would be about a $5 million payday. But uh, what would nuncio have to do? I I just want to see some level of consistency that they showed at Boston College where they were able to – move the ball kind of effectively, get rid of this whole quarterback carousel thing, figure that out where we're done playing multiple quarterbacks. I'm fine with putting Langan in for a few plays to run the wildcat or whatever, but I want to see Nunzio develop some level of consistency at quarterback and and just stop this whole charade of switching. But in terms of of wins or losses, it's hard to say. I mean, they couldn't win – they couldn't beat Nebraska, so that's for you to say, Politi, not for me.
0: <laughs> and I will, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's a number of wins and losses, but I I, I would have to see
1: Gavin Wimsett suddenly
0: look like the future. That's that's how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I'd like to see some know. development out of Wimsett, I'd like to see some better statistics. I'm not saying they should be a top, you know, half in the country offense, but. Getting out of the 120s would be nice in most categories, and offensive coordinator. Yeah. I think I think Phil Longo, uh, North Carolina OC, is like is the home run hire everyone's looking at. I don't know how likely that is, given that he's already making 950 thousand and he's at a place that's five and one and ranked and, and heading in a good direction and recruiting well, and he has a yeah, five star quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know Puliti. You watch all their games. You you obviously follow the Tar Heels. So he he seems like a very I would put that as uh, uh, considering all those factors unlikely. And then Mark Whipple is a former Pitt offensive coordinator now at Nebraska. Mark has got to look at him on Friday night. I guess it depends on if Mickey Joseph stays at Nebraska and he chooses to keep Whipple, but that, that is an option as well. But I think we'll see kind of things unfold in the weeks coming here. I'm not sure that there's a clear cut guy at this point.
0: How about Frank Signetti? Pitt Ooh. Rutgers uh, experience. I mean, he didn't stay long, but that was, I think that was just a, a back
2: when they weren't paying enough to keep guys. What do you think? A good recruiter, too.
0: Developed quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's Pitt was pit a lateral. How would you view pit as a lateral? What are they paying their coordinators out there now? I don't know. I'm
1: sure Rutgers, well, Rutgers paid, some Rutgers paid more paid more than I, I'm imagining Pitt is paying him. Now the question is, is Rutgers going to pay their next offensive coordinator a million dollars again? Shiano kind of ducked the question when I asked him, is the pool going to be there again? That's that's also a big question we need to find out. Yeah, good point. All right, this one's from the Twitterverse. A question from Jeff, Jeff Steer on Twitter. True or
0: false, the Nebraska lo- loss will be looked back on as a turning point for the program like the Illinois loss in the 2005 opener fascinating that's when we started chopping wood if you guys don't remember it's been 17 years of wood chopping since that <laughs> illinois lost <clears throat> my sense is it's a it's a bit different that team was was ready to take the next step and and just and just lost a bad game um i don't think this team is quite on that level what do you think pat am i am i wrong here is this a turning point game <sighs>
2: If you start winning, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you look looking. I don't think it is. I don't think they have the like the gusto <laughs> to kind of turn it around like that. So
0: all right, this is good. Here goes. I like this one. Perhaps off topic, a little off topic, but can Fonseca walk through how he votes for the AP poll? <laughs> like the log in. Can you walk through why you do it? No. Ah, uh, curious to see what the thought process is for his rankings and what the logistics are. Like when do they do
1: by? How do you even submit them? That's a good question. Okay. So logistically, the AP has a backend website that we all, that all the voters have access to. I log in. They're due at 11 a.m. on Sunday, which is nowhere near enough time to do any real comprehensive look through the entire college football landscape. Because most Saturdays, I spend the entire day uh, watching the Rutgers game, covering the Rutgers game, writing about the Rutgers game, and then doing coverage for the following day. So by the time I wrap around to find out what happened the rest of the day, it's 10 o'clock. I can't rewatch all the games, obviously. So I just look at... You know results i look at who played who who i compare you know strength of schedule compare wins and losses and kind of just figure out from there see what the the consensus is and kind of where i differ and things like that it's a fun little exercise that keeps me paying attention to the grander scheme of college football and uh into in, this topic ruckers is now with illinois becoming number 24 last this week Rutgers now has the longest drought of power five teams without entering the ap poll Rutgers has not oh, been ranked man. since uh november of 2012 so almost really? 10 years. Yes. Goodness gracious. They're going to reach 10, 10 years uh, barring an unbelievable month ahead, which I don't think any of us foresee. So I guess what's the over-under on when they will get ranked. Is there, when, when do you guys think it's going to happen? I, I can't imagine it'll happen within the next year or two. What do, what do you guys think? Uh, not without being able to see the schedule. Um,
0: yeah. The problem is when you put Ohio state early on, that's just never going to be, you know, if you, if you couldn't let me map out a schedule next year where they have three non-conference wins and, start with, uh, (laughs) get get, get your, get your Indiana early. But even then I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a few years before they could, they have to get to a bowl first. Right. Pat, do you
2: agree? Yeah, absolutely. The the other, uh, streak that be a perk of being a stay at home reporter these days is, is that I get to watch college game day. And, uh, on game day this week, they announced that Rutgers is the only FBS school that's never hosted game day in either football or basketball. The only one.
1: That that that, it's, it's an incredible stat. power five, like power five. Wow, Holy, oh my goodness! And, and let's the, get it, it here next week for the, Indiana. Come on, and, I guess. What's the so? Basketball, we agree, is has a much higher chance of getting that than uh, yeah, the football. There,
2: yeah. there were like six football schools that have never had it, but of those six, uh, five have had it for basketball. Rutgers is the only one that hasn't had it.
0: Is it bad that I didn't know there was one for basketball?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. A couple more. Uh, just why do why do you, the students leave a close game so early? Do all the keg parties end that early? Brandon <laughs> from Brandsburg wants to know as two former students, it just seems like everyone leaves early. It's like a one point game. I'm just, I was amazed by that. I guess that, I, you know, even Iowa was at one point was a, was a two possession game.
2: And everyone's there's just, what's the problem? It's just no excitement. <laughs> like, there's just no, no excitement come on the if you're field. not going to
1: watch the end. I, what do you? I, I, what, what would you I rather do, Steve? Watch. What would I rather do? What, what would you rather watch? That that offense play another 30 minutes, or get to College Ave in time to go out, have some beers, see some people that you want to see, and hang out. I think. Look, listen. If I wasn't paid to be at that game, I'm not sure I would have stayed the whole time either.
0: I don't know, I'm 50 years old. I just want to go home, sit in the dark room, and <laughs> crossword puzzle. I don't want to go anywhere. But I see your point. Yes, I guess. I guess it makes a difference if you've got some place to go, but still, I mean, it's just, yeah. And I was, it really to the point, and this is funny, like you laugh, like, so during the blackout, Nebraska fans were wearing red. So you could see them at the beginning of the game. They were all the Nebraska fans were there. And then at the end of the game, and this is a fan, again, this is a fan base that absolutely should have given up. I mean, the team stinks. They fired the coach You're traveling all the way to New Jersey. You could have you could get a refund on your airline, go someplace. Tropical, I don't know. So that. And, that's and at the end of the game,
1: this. at the end of the game, everyone's walking out, and the only people left are Nebraska fans chanting "Go Big Red, Go Big it Red." Something else. It's yeah. a tough. It was a tough scene at the end of that game for for Rutgers for sure.
0: Not a great. Not as bad as the time when. Um, Michigan and the, the Rutgers band was playing the Michigan fight song at the end of the 78 Nothing Loss. That, that was tough. That was a tough one. All right. Uh, one final one we're going to put in here because someone wants to know. It's time to bring out our secret good luck charm to turn this thing around. Where is Sarge? Stick him on the sideline and Rutgers Nation will rally. I didn't realize that people thought Sarge is a good luck charm. I mean, my God, that guy has been practically a, a the black cloud. Wow. All right. We can try that. Stick him on the sideline. What do you think?
2: Listen, nothing else is working, so might <laughs> uh, as well. <laughs>
0: I could Imagine if Shiano's standing there at the sideline getting ready for the game. He looks over and sees Sarge Be the, uh, the end of him.
2: Brian, what was the great media scrum early on? Maybe it was training camp. Someone asked, oh, <laughs> one of the reporters asked, hey, I just got a text from Sarge. Can- he wants to know who's going to be the starting quarterback. And Shiano says, Tell Sarge to get back to some hospital or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. That was exactly that was Tom Canavan at the end of our Wednesday Lightning session. To try to throw in an extra question. And say, "Hey, I just got a text from Sarge," and Shiano had the uh, quick one-liner. Beautiful.
0: We miss you, Sarge. All right, let's move on. Thanks for all the great questions. I'm sorry we couldn't possibly get to them all, but it was it was fun. All right, uh, we don't have any predictions. Obviously, we didn't have a game. Didn't uh, we? Have, we don't have a game to predict. We'll do Indiana next week. But Fonseca did correctly take the points or let with Rutgers. So you won that pick. Congratulations, right? Thank you. Nice job. So now you're in first place. We're chasing you. So I'll let you go first. In the mid-season prediction, we have six games left. Very simply, how many games will
1: this team win? What do you think? I will stick to my preseason win total. I believe I had four. I think they beat Indiana. You had three. You you thought you had
0: three. Now I don't
1: know. Now I'm confused. Well, in any event, I will go with one more win. I think they beat Indiana and I think they go over the rest of the way. Pat?
2: I'm going to with one upset. And they yeah. beat Indiana and they upset Penn State.
1: Greek <laughs> God, really? Wow, that would be,
0: that would save, there you go. That would save the season, right? That would save the season. Absolutely. So
2: Absolutely. A, it's been building. Good, it's been building.
0: It's a good one. All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to go one as well, and I don't know if know if it's Indiana. There's so many uncertainties this year, but, uh, you know, uh, it's I'm, I'm stuck in, I'm stuck with one. It would also get me to four wins this year. That was just what I thought it would be when we went into it. I didn't think it would look like this. All right, other thoughts? What else do we got? Field hockey with a big win? Am I inventing that? I just say that every week, whether or not they've <laughs> actually, whether or not I've actually looked it up, but I think they had a big
1: win. Yes, they beat Northwestern, who was uh, – I believe ranked number three number three. Yes, okay. there you go. And okay. this is the Good same lobby. Northwestern team. They upset, I believe in the big 10 tournament last year before winning that's that right. title. So, uh, Rutgers should play Northwestern every week, if you ask me, and that's all I have for Olympic sports, but men's basketball media day starts tomorrow. That's and, right. Uh, the season is vastly quickly approaching uh,
0: our, our few we, listeners probably do not realize this, but you're sitting in the lobby, of a Fairfield
1: Inn recording this
0: in Minneapolis. So what is what do we expect from Big Ten Media? What are the big storylines at Big Ten Media Day?
1: Yes, I am in a Fairfield Marriott lobby. The, uh, the people here were very nice enough to turn down the radio so I can uh, speak uh, into my microphone. They get to listen to the Rutgers rant without subscribing. So good for them. I am looking forward to talking to Caleb McConnell about why he decided to come back and what he worked on uh, over the summer. He spent a lot of time mm-hmm. back home in Jacksonville working on his offensive game, just getting into the nitty-gritty with him on that. Uh, I'm interested in talking to people about what they think about Cliff Omori, how good can he be? I think everyone thinks he'll have a big year. You made the first team all big 10, uh, preseason predictions in, in the unofficial poll. I voted for him first team. Uh, I, I I honestly don't know how he wasn't a unanimous first team pick. I think he can have a big year. I'm, I'm going to see, I'm curious to see what other people think, expect out of him. And, uh, I mean, the, the big league wide thing is that no one really knows who's the favorite. There's no like fide certified Favorite to win the league. Everyone's kind of picking Indiana because they bring back the most dudes. Uh, but who knows whether Indiana will finally put together an, an actual good season. So yeah, just a lot of exciting things heading into the, the hardwood starting in less than a month. We're less than a month away from basketball, fellas. Can you feel the excitement in the air?
2: Yes, I can. I can <laughs> can you can you feel the excitement, Brian? You, uh,
0: I
1: am buzzing. I yeah, buzzing. I could tell.
0: All right, let's uh let's log off on that happy note. Uh thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to DevCo as always. Uh, We've got uh, a big, big show coming up next week uh, before the Indiana game, and we'll talk some more football. Hopefully we'll meet with Nunzio Campanile before then. So signing off. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.